Welcome to the Cousins AFLW Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with a very deflated, depressed, distraught, sad and lonely, frustrated and frightened Jados, coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. And you've got it all wrong, cousin. It's wrong? I'm enlightened. You're happy. I'm at peace. You're feeling good? I went through... The roller coaster of emotions that you naturally go through with fantasy. Anger, sadness, denial, back to anger, back to sadness. But this morning, I took a long, hard look at myself, went for a run, did some meditating, and I'm at peace with where I'm at. It's good. And we move forward. It's only been two days. It's been two days. Since the round ended. It's almost as if it just happened because... So Sunday, I, I was away. I was out of town, didn't watch any footy. And it was an absolute shit show. It was a disaster. Um, I didn't watch any. But then Monday, just that was my denial stage. So I was angry, sad Sunday. And then Monday, I didn't even look at my team, didn't make my trades. I was just acting as if the horror show that was this weekend didn't happen. So I was in denial. And then I was angry and sad again last night. I think the brown low medals brought some things out of me. But this morning, I'm finally at peace. I found my chi, found my feng shui. And I'm ready to move forward. It has been a rough few days, to say the least. Uh, Listeners of the men's podcast will know that you did, in fact, lose your life savings on Errol Gordon last (laughs) night, not winning winning the brown low. That's yeah, a, that's he came joke, close. He came close. Yeah, it, it was a five. It was a five dollar bet. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that could be my life savings. It, yeah, it could be. It's not, but it could be. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, AFLW fantasy. <laughs> um, for a bit of context, it just went horribly wrong. I think that might be a good place to get into the score and rank and trades for this week. So, I scored a twelve ninety. Ooh. Yes, you heard that correctly. Ooh. One, two, nine, zero. I didn't even crack 1,300. Cue the vomit sounds. My rank went from fourth overall or equal fourth overall to 156. Oh, man. I just it, it could not have gone any worse than it did. You're aggressively gripping your bag. I, as am, you're yeah, saying so I feel like I need to hold <laughs> on to something. Like the, the hands. I need a stress ball, cuz. Uh, we, stress ball. we don't have one. I'm sorry. I actually might have one in my bag here. We're going uh, to have to take a tea so you can <laughs> no, find you start a stress talking, ball. You start talking about your score and rank and I'll find my stress ball. So what, what what did you rank, by the way? What did that rank end up? 156. 156, okay. Well, uh, this week I scored 1489 and I moved up to 199. So I'm nipping at your heels now. Um, I traded Jazz Garner. That's right, Jazz Garner, Harriet Cordner, Lily Postlethwaite to Alice Parker, Elise Parker, Hannah Priest, and Chloe Malloy. He's got a... St- oh, you <laughs> wanker. <laughs> That's not a stress ball. He's just pulled out the prize that he unfairly got handed to him over me when I finished ahead of him in a quiz. <laughs> but he's pulled it out and flexed it on me. Oh, I'm laughing. Sorry, this is this is a funny distraction from your from your trades and your rank. But the the, tra- the traders came over to Perth and we went to the show for context. And there was a quiz, a fantasy quiz, and I came, I think ninth, and you came tenth. Somehow you got the little football though, and I didn't. 
the game day squad football. And I'm angry about it to this day. Even I forgot about it, but you pulled that out and I just felt all the, the emotions of it again. You know, the funny thing is, cuz it, it wasn't meant to make you angry and frustrated. You know, the reason this is in my bag, you pulled out. A I sp- brought it to give it to you today. You're a, <laughs> you're a beautiful man. Did you really? Yeah. What a what a happy birthday. Thanks, man. <laughs> what a touching moment. What a weird pod. twist. <laughs> what a weird twist. I was frustrated because I thought you were flexing on me and it turned out to be a gift. Thanks, mate. <laughs> you're a good cousin. What a what a beautiful moment. It was it was Keeb's birthday a week ago. Um and that's the first of my gifts to him. But Th- thanks, mate. That's, <laughs> there you go. You've, li- you've just, lifted the no, you, you say well, me talking about a stress ball reminded me that it was in my bag ready to give to you after the pod. I I attacked you viciously. <laughs> <laughs> what mean, a weird start. Well, it has been a weird start. But yeah, so my trades were Jazz Garner, Harriet Corden, Lily Postlethwaite to Elise Parker, Hannah Priest, and Chloe Malloy. The reason behind trading Jazz Garner was I just needed some cash gen from somewhere. I thought she would go down in price, not drop a great score. She was good this week. I wouldn't say great. It was her her worst score of the season, I believe, or maybe second worst. 121 she scored. Um, The trades ended up working out well. They made me about 20 points. Um, I upgraded my F5 and D5 in the process, which was good, but I just wish I traded out Kiara Bowers instead of Jazz Garner. More on her later, but what were your trades this week, cuz? Oh, yeah, I forgot to say, didn't I? You did. Um, I traded out Tiana Smith. I cashed her cashed her in. Um, Annalise Lister and Emma Swanson. And I got in Van Hagen, Charlotte Thomas, and Charlie Rowbottom. Bit of meh. Bit of meh with those trades. I wanted to get off Swanson because I thought she was going to get tagged. Um, she still scored a 91. Did a good job. Did cop some attention. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I'm a bit flat because I traded traded out Smith and she I knew she was going to make more money, but I did it because I didn't want to get in Goldsworthy. I was a little bit scared of it. I mean, I was keen on it all week and I had Phillips to Goldsworthy for probably 48 hours leading into lockout. And then a little someone sitting across from the table from me here I don't want to hear me this. out of it. I don't want to hear this. I did not talk you out of it. You <laughs> messaged me to run your trades by me. I gave my opinion and you changed your trades. You're your own man. You've got, <laughs> you've got to own your own decisions, mate. Now, look, I stand by what I said because it was creating risk. I don't think anyone thought Goldsworthy was going to ton up. And Phillips, well, Phillips, she's just bad, isn't she? Phillips sucks, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted because I'm looking through the screenshots of your messages to me. Oh, here we go. And I kind of want to... He's got receipts. <laughs> Let's go. I know I know what I said. I said, you can't do it. It's creating risk, f- like trading Phillips down to her. And I stand by what I said. It just ended up that I was wrong. You you know... So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blaming it on you because... It sounds like you're about to... <laughs> It I'm really just saying does. you're not you're not innocent in in what happened in hey, my team this week. Why don't you run your trades by <laughs> someone else, dog? <laughs> All right, listen to this. I I sent you my trades and you said, "quote I don't think Phillips to Goldsworthy is a good trade." Yeah, I and s- I said it's 200k in the pocket, and Phillips might drop a 50 this week, which she didn't. She didn't even get to. <laughs> And drop 80k, which she dropped actually more than that, I think. This feels like it has a tinge of hot bake to it. Yeah, but actually, this is maybe an early hot bake. <laughs> just just <laughs> continue. Um, oh, I swiped the wrong way. Um, so I was making an argument and you're like, oh, no, it's all relative though. I don't think 
I don't like the fact I'm getting her because you were getting Goldsworthy, but you were saying don't yeah. get her yourself. And I was like, how can you try and talk me out of a player that you're getting I in? Did, I didn't get Goldsworthy. You didn't though. in the end, thank God, because I would have been that. then it would have been a hot, hot bake. Yeah, the, the point, and this is, this is the point I stand by. I know you've got more to add, but it's the, the fact that you were going down from Phillips, who many people, I know we, we didn't, but many people were of the view that she was a top five or close to top five forward. She has a higher CBA role. Goldsworthy is someone that has a bit of a shaky role, is less. So trading down to her felt like it was creating risk, whereas going up from a rookie to her is kind of just like a free swing. That was the way that I saw it. And I still stand by that. It just Phillips is just probably worse, even worse than what we were expecting. And Goldsworthy had, I would call it an out-of-the-box score. I don't think she's going to be that good going forward. But yeah, she's going to be a good ca- cash generator. And it was, it was probably a bit of a miss. I think that's a pretty sound defense. Um, I, I agree with all of that. And I, I think that exact line of reasoning is the reason why I didn't go Phillips to Goldsworthy. But I'm sorry. In the end. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. just saying we... we <laughs> I'm sorry that I leaned the wrong way with my advice, mate. No, that's okay. It that's happened. all right. It does happen. <clears throat> I forgive you. All right. I think it might be good for us to move on. Now, before we do hogs and flogs, I want to call a press conference. Pollutant, you're a toilet trained AFL jerk media journalist. That's all you are. You're a pubic hair. Just for some context, whenever one of us has a, a really... Really poor week by our standards. We like to front the media, so cousin, it's your turn. Okay, I'm here to make a statement addressing the performances of the weekend. Go for it. We deeply apologize for our recent performance. We understand your disappointment and we take full responsibility. Your loyalty means everything to us. We're committed to working harder both on and off the field to regain your trust. Our team captain, Kiara Bowers, and myself the senior coach of the playing group, but especially Kiara, take full responsibility for the putrid performance we dished up over the weekend. We're deeply saddened to have lost Nicole Bresnahan to injury. She's a pivotal player for us, but we're confident that whoever we find will do a great job filling her shoes. We'll conduct a thorough review, make necessary changes and strive for excellence. Together, we'll overcome this adversity and bring back the pride for NFNL, KFKL. I'll now take questions. Me and the, the rest of the journalists in the room have come together and we've, we've got nine questions for you. So I'll start with the first. How will you cover the injuries in your squad for next week? Oh, well, we've taken a look at some of the, some of the options. It's, it's deeply saddening to have lost Nicole. Um, she lost a lot of money, a lot of value to our, to our total salary. So because she's injured, <coughs> she's worthless to you. That's what you're saying? Um financially <laughs> it's very hard to answer this diplomatically um so she can't add any value to the playing group or not not while she's on the sidelines not so even. unfortunately we're going to have to find someone to fill her shoes but we're confident that Hannah Priest is going to do a great job okay is this a coaching issue or do you think the players could have done more well whilst I take responsibility for the performance i don't think it's a coaching issue i think a number of the girls significantly underperformed. Erin Phillips, for example, is one of our senior players. She's actually 38 years old. I've had a word with her personally and, you know, I, I was very brutally honest with her that she's been significantly underperforming. And what I'm really, really displeased with is her lack of, you know, effort and tackling pressure. And so I'm putting it on her to respond this week. Will she be retiring soon? Hope so. 
What changes can we expect to the squad for next week? Well, first and foremost, we've relinquished Kiara of her captaincy duties. She's been, you know, an incredible performer for us for a number of years, but it's just too much for her, you know, and her knee, it's just buckling under the pressure. So going forward, Jazz Garner is going to be leading the troops. Okay, do you feel any connection to the fans or are you just blatantly disinterested in their feelings? I love my fans and I love their feelings. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I mean to be serious, but I no, I have, I have a love for my fans of, you know, all the fans of NFNL, KFKL, and we're going to respond for you guys. I just think it's funny that you're laughing about them. I'm not laughing about them. I'm just laughing you know, in their face. At their sadness. I'm laughing at you because you're a gutter-trained toilet journalist. Okay, what do you say to the media members calling for your job? And I are say you to them, the right man to lead NFNLKFK? Yes, I'm the right man. Just don't forget, two weeks ago, we were the second-ranked team in the country, nay, in the world. Two weeks of subpar performances don't mean a thing. We're coming back. And I might add, we're still ahead of our rivals, the Super Subs. Not for long. Okay, I think I think that's enough questions from me. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, that's the end of the press conference. I'm glad that I got to address those things, and I think it's time to move on to hogs and flogs, and we're going to start, obviously, with our hogs. <laughs> now, my one vote for my hog this week is Ash Riddell for her 105 now, there are a lot of, you know, doomsday preppers, doomsday, doomsayers. What, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Doomsayers? Is that what? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Um, you know, <coughs> flagging that Riddell was going to drop a putrid score. And I was sort of of that view, but I backed her in and she responded with a 105 against Brisbane, no less. So one vote to Ash Riddell. Now, my two votes goes to Charlotte Thomas for her 77 on debut, which is a fantastic score for a defender. But my three votes, hats off to you, Jazz Garner for 121. Now, I thought she was going to get tagged into the ground, but she's unstoppable, mate. Jazz Garner, the queen of the AFLW, and she's coming for her crown. Sweet. All right, that that hurts me a little bit. (laughs) But I'll get into my hogs. I've got one vote for Nina Morrison, she just having a terrific year. We had a little bit of a scare thinking that she might get cited by the MRP, but she managed to get away with what was pretty blatantly a two-game sus- suspension, I think. But she was fantastic for her 110 and is just having a terrific year. Two votes. I've gone Britt Benici. Just keeps going up in price. Had her best game of the season for 111. And she just smashes the eye test every week. She just she looks so good. Three votes. Who else could it be? Noffy, Ebony Marinoff for a 174. What an enormous, enormous score. I watched this game and every single point she scored was just like a shot of adrenaline into the veins. It felt phenomenal and it really offset the the negative effects of trading out Jazz Garner for me this week. So 174 as captain, 348 she scored for me. It's just massive. The biggest score of the year. I think the second biggest AFLW fantasy score of all time as well. Just an absolute beast. It's ridiculous, mate. I'm shaking my head and just trying to trying to remain in this state of zen that I've managed to <laughs> to get myself to because that game was legitimately the most the most frustrating just game of footy that I've seen all year. Being a Marinoff non-owner, being a Goldsworthy fader, also, and I traded out Lister. 
Also being a Hatchard non-owner for the fact that she was tagged early and then went forward and just went bonkers and in the last they quarter. They were letting her do just dumbest things, getting out the back, scoring goals. She could have scored more too. This is probably hot bake worthy, to be honest. I wish I did load it up for a hot bake because the Giants were abysmal in the last quarter. It was disgraceful. They, oh, I can't even describe it. There was one horrible, horrible chain of play where it was in the back pocket, switched into the goal square for a turnover and a goal. And it was just horrible to watch. Yeah. They've, they've faded out of the last two games. They were competitive for like three quarters almost. They didn't even two and a half fade quarters. out, mate. They, they were competitive they stopped. and then just got blown off the park. It was bad, yeah. bad, bad. Really, really bad. But anyway... <laughs> That's a long way of saying Marinoff was really, really good. <laughs> and I think that might be a good segue into our flogs for this week. And I'm kicking it off. One vote goes to Harriet Cordner. Now, 24 points is just disgusting. I think she had eight in the second half. Um, there were big, big red flags on her uh, this week with Karen Peterson coming back. And I was just hoping maybe what she could score a 50 you know, just be okay, not be an issue, but straight away she has just become a huge issue for everyone owning. And I think get off this week. Now my two votes goes to Aaron Phillips. Who else could it be? She's oh, I hate her. I hate Aaron Phillips. <laughs> She's so frustrating. She had uh, zero marks, two tackles with bulk CBAs. It's just pathetic. It's pathetic effort. Forty nine points. It's just not good enough for an inside midfielder and the captain of that club, no less. But the only person to pip her is Kiara Bowers for her 78, who has single-handedly ruined my season. Now, I had an, a Lister issue in my team, and the only reason Lister was in my team was because I basically just completely restructured everything to chase Kiara Bowers at top dollar, and she's gone 104 and 78 as my captain both times. It's been... The reason I've fallen from second overall to 156. So, Kiara Bowers, three votes as my flog. Cool. All right. My flogs this week, I've gone one vote to Aaron Phillips or minus one to Aaron Phillips. 49. She's just bad. I don't, I don't like watching her play football. She does not pass the eye test. She's slow. She doesn't try to tackle. She's just disappointing every single week. Minus two. <laughs> I've gone to Bree Davey. This one I'm a bit heated about. She scored 131 in round one. She played 87% tog, dominated Melbourne, who is an elite team, one of the absolute best AFLW teams. She played a massive game, just a super out-of-the-box score, but we all know that she's been a premium in the past. I thought, okay, maybe she's fine. Obviously, she had a slightly interrupted preseason. I thought, she's probably fine. Jump on her. She's cheap. Since then, she's gone 98 88, 77, regressed every single week. This week, she played 68% TOG, but she's averaging 87.6 in my team. 87.7 in my team, sorry. It's just extremely frustrating to watch her get worse every week. And the real kicker to this is she was actually on 65 at full time and got plus 12 added to her score after the game. So you could imagine my surprise when I checked the scores Halfway through the second quarter, she was on 45. And then checking at full-time, seeing that 65. I was like, how do you score 20 points? 20 points in two and a half quarters. Disgusting. Bree Davey, get out of my team. That's my negative two. My <laughs> negative three, Kiara Bowers. I sacrificed two rookies 
two cash gen rookies to get you into my team two weeks ago, and you've dropped over 300K. What are you doing? (laughs) I know she sat out last quarter. I know she's been injured this year. But man, oh man, it is so frustrating when the most expensive player in the comp dishes up this absolute shit. She was priced over 140. (sighs) I don't know. Just, I hate her. Minus three Carabaos. You are not. She's just not fit to be spoken about as a, as a, <laughs> as a pig, as a good fantasy option because she's crap. Kiara Bowers, this is the second week in a row she's been in my negative votes. I don't like you at all, Kiara Bowers. <laughs> oh, there's so much going through my head after that. <clears throat> First of all, I think we need the disclaimer back. I think <laughs> maybe. The, <laughs> listeners, the listeners of our men's podcast will know we, we used to start the show off with a disclaimer saying that our roasted players are just meant to be funny and that we respect them as athletes. But Kiara Bowers, we don't respect you as an athlete. You're not an athlete in my eyes, just a disappointment. <laughs> no, but um, what was I going to say? Just an injury-riddled disappointment. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, right, so pretty much everyone this preseason had Bowers and Marinoff in their team and we were happy to pay the money because they were like, they're so good, it's worth paying for. And Marinoff has showed why that was like a worthwhile yeah, she's strategy. In. Terrific. Just, you just need her. And Bowers has done the exact opposite and showed us why you never should pay up for anyone ever, no matter who it is. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of it, but they're, yeah, they're just polar opposites this week. And it's frustrating for me as a Bowers owner and a Marinoff non-owner. Yeah. We say it all the time in the men's game that like the most expensive and highest averaging player year to year is almost never the same. It almost never ends up being the same player. So paying full price doesn't work. I think just being new to the women's game, we just saw her numbers from last year and we're like, we've got to have her. She's that much better than everyone else, but she's not. She's just like everyone else really and is susceptible to having, you know, poor poor form slumps and just injuries. And Well, I would say that it must be that knee. Like, well, obviously it is that knee because she sat out the whole last quarter, but... The thing is, and the frustrating thing is we got sucked in because like, I think she was almost right to play in round one. Like it was, it was in the warm up when they decided to pull her out. And yeah. then in round two, we were like, okay, we'll just wait and see what happens. She comes out with a 137 with like fifth, was it 15 tackles more? It was like 17 tackles. A lot of tackles. A yeah. lot of tackles. And she played 90%, 90% time on ground. And it was like, okay, Kiara Bowers is back. Um, she's dropped a little bit, but it's the perfect time to jump on. It's going to be the way to get ahead of the competition. And she's just gotten worse progressively since then. So she basically sucked us in with that game in round two and then has just spat on us. Yeah. Just yeah. a big fat loogie. <laughs> Disgust, disgusting. All right. We should move on. It's funny because I've just gotten some anger out, but we're about to get even more anger out with hot bakes. Hot bakes. Okay, hot bakes. It's where we get all our aggression out from the, the happenings of the weekend. Cuz, why don't you kick us off this week? All right, my first hot bait goes to Annalise Lister. <laughs> um, she sucked me in. She sucked us all in. Round one, she had a heavy CBA role. She was tagging. She did a good job of it. Then we were all like, great. She's a cheap defender. Perfect. Round two, late withdrawal. <laughs> just And most people copped Mia Bush, who scored, I think, a 19 that week or like a 20-odd. It was just disgusting. And then round three, 
named on ball again, but did this half-assed tagging job where she wasn't getting CBAs and looked terrible, saved the score to get to 40. So I was like, all right, she's a must trade. Got to get off. Jumped off. And then she looks like what we wanted her to look like, which is like what she looked like in round one and the reason why we picked her in the first place. So basically... She's teased us. We jumped on. She was an absolute flop. We jumped off, and then she's just back to normal again. We didn't jump off, mate. Well, yeah. I Most of us. Shout out to my girl, Lister. She's still <laughs> in my team. 56, baby. <laughs> That's some hot praise for you. Yeah. All right. I'll get into my first hot bake. I'll keep it. Oh, I'll try and keep it short and sweet because it's about the men's Brownlow medal. It's just a ridiculously flawed system, and the umps need to take a good hard look at themselves. Jason Horn Francis got three votes for a 13 disposal game. Neil got three votes for a 20 touch game, in which Charlie Cameron kicked seven snags. Seven snags. That's insane. Josh Kelly had 41 disposals, and, and Cogs, Stephen Cornelio, had 38 disposals in that same game. Does not make any sense. The umps should be allowed to check the stats because you cannot have. Players like Jason Horn Francis getting three votes for a 13 disposal game. He had no scoring shots. He had two clearances. It was just a dead set flop. It does not make any sense to me why the arms can't get off the field. They have enough to think about actually officiating the game. So get off the field, have a quick look at the stats. It's that combined with the eye test. Then you can select your votes. It would be a much more fair process. I love Lockie Neal, but I don't want to say that he shouldn't have won the medal, but it definitely wasn't his best year. And Marcus Bontempelli... I think was easily the most deserving player. It's probably the most deserving player ever of a Brownlow and hasn't won one. It is crazy. So I hope they revamp the voting system. I hope the umps get a little bit more flexibility to be able to check the stats and make more educated decisions because just an absolute travesty, some of the things that happened last night. Yeah, well, Lockie Neal wasn't even All-Australian, you know? Like, that's there's, there's proof enough that the umpires have too much to think about officiating the game and often they they make a lot of those decisions wrong so again like all australian is made by a selection panel of people who are analysts of the game are big thinkers of the game and put together a team of people who they think have been the best performing players the whole season and Lockie neal wasn't even the best handful of those players so yeah i, I find the all australian argument an interesting one because for me i think that team is also quite flawed like you see players miss out every year that should should be in the team and also but Lockie neal did finish in the i think he was fifth, in the squad yeah he was in the squad and he finished in fifth place in the coaches award which is solid so it's it's not so much directed at neil because i think neil is a deserving player and he's had incredible seasons i think he should have won clearly last year and didn't so I guess he kind of gets his justice but yeah I think Bond should have had more votes and the system needs to be revamped to be a bit more fair so the fans and the players can have some clarity at least yep all right back to me (laughs) my hot bait goes to Lauren Arnell who's the coach of Port Adelaide and the hot bake is for playing Aaron Phillips in the midfield now it seems weird thanks thank you mate but it needs to be said right She's playing like she's trying to preserve her 38-year-old body. That's how she looks when she's out there. She prances a little bit. She jogs. She pretends to apply pressure. But really, she doesn't spread. She doesn't tackle. And as our good friend Naish likes to constantly remind us, she's literally older than LeBron James. (laughs) She's had one mark and four tackles combined in the last fortnight. It's just not how you play as an inside midfielder. She's... I mean, she gets a couple of clearances when it spills out her way, but I think 
Arnell needs to keep her more accountable. She is the captain of that team and Port keeps losing. I think she needs to apply pressure. The thing that really grinded my gears over the weekend was this one moment where Phillips was laying this tackle and then the other player was like halfway down to the ground and Phillips let go and the player got to the ground, fed the ball out. It's like, you got to you got to cause the stoppage. You got to stop the play there. You actually have to wrap up the player. And it's just so infuriating for the captain of a club to, you know, not lead from the front when she's in the coal face. So that's my hot bait. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback onto this. And this has to be said. Aaron Phillips is the biggest flat track bully I've ever seen in my entire life. The only time this year I've seen her apply any sort of defensive effort was in the win against the Saints in the last minute of the game. She doesn't care until it's like, okay, we've got a chance to really win. She's like, all right, I better try, better do something. She was good for the Crows when they were a dominant powerhouse team. She won, you know, two two best and fairest. But again, for a good team. Now she's playing for a bad team. She sucks. She only tries when they're a winning chance gross well I, I do really think it is like one of those body preservation things because 38 is just so old to be playing like a high contact sport high endurance sport why why then is she playing the game playing for a bad team what what's that's the what point I mean. what it's, is she getting from it, playing she's not trying out there like i know that's harsh to say i know we're, we're both saying it and it's harsh to she, say <laughs> she's not really trying but she's clearly not no well, honestly she, she is trying but like within like her role is almost like slightly just because she's so old and her body is probably more fragile you know what i mean so yeah, she's not in there tackling she's not in there like sprinting for marks on the outside i mean not not that there are a huge amount of marks in aflw Anyway, but the thing is, I'm seeing like very little effort in that area. You well, know what I mean? Like she's not even trying to add to those stats. Yeah, well, she had nine marks round one against her old team, which is maybe the reason that she did so well. Because, you know, trying to, I guess, prove a point against your old side, revenge game. It's a thing. Um, but yeah, since then, man, I, I don't know. It's just super disappointing. She has West Coast this week. If you can't score against West Coast, then there's no hope for you. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness. Yep. Cool. All right. I'll get into my second bake. I'll try and keep, keep this one short and sweet as well. Brisbane for not tagging Jazz Garner adequately, I'll say. She did get a little bit of attention, but in the first quarter, had a goal, eight disposals, 45 fantasy points. Ended up with a 121, was getting uncontested touches at the end of the game. I know Brisbane won by two points, but Jazz Garner is the best player in the league by an absolute landslide at this point in time. Emma Swanson gets tagged every single week, literally every week, and Jazz Garner doesn't get tagged? What do you mean? Brisbane gets hot-baked for not tagging Garner probably, and every other team in the AFL gets hot-baked for in, in the AFLW gets hot-baked for tagging Emma Swanson unnecessarily. <laughs> Just leave right. her alone. <laughs> The final hot bake that I've got written here is actually for myself and Keebs, and it's about what we were talking about earlier with this Goldsworthy business. We we're preaching all week and on last week's podcast that Phillips was cooked. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. I believed it. I, and did I didn't too, follow mate. I didn't follow through on the trade. You you I'm not gonna say you talked me out of it, but you were like you you're trading out someone who's borderline top five to someone who's risky. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'll uh, hold Phillips. I want to be clear. I did not say borderline top five. No, but okay. All right. All right. Sorry. I, my, I misrepresented your position there. My, my opinion of Phillips has always been bad. I just thought you should go up from her and not down. That was yep. the thing. But yep. yeah, 
I agree. We should have just gotten rid of her because she's a creep. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of a hot bake to both of us for not following through on what we really believed. Phillips to Goldsworthy, I might add, a week late has cost me almost 300K because it was a 200K downgrade last week. And now it's costing me, I think, about 90K. And I lost 53 points in the process. This is why you have to be aggressive with your predictions, aggressive with your trades. It's for this exact reason. So hot bake to myself for not following my own advice. All right, so that's the end of our bakes for this week. <laughs> it's, it was extended and uh, heated as always, but um, we're going to move on to fantasy stocks. Okay, fantasy stocks. If you're unfamiliar with the segment, picture the stock exchange. We're going to discuss players and then if we would buy, hold, or sell their stocks for this week and the season going forward. So we'll start with defenders. The first player I've got down is Charlotte Thomas. She's 758K, cousin. I'm a big yes. I'm a big yes. Uh, she She's basically only had one bad game. We all pinned her as you know, borderline top five at the start of the year. So, and I think she's still at a great price. So yes, stocks are up. Yeah, agree with all that. Still slightly frustrated that I traded her after her poor score round one, but I think she's close to that top five bracket now. So very cheap. Next player is Tanya Kennedy at 625K. Been playing more in the CBAs or in the midfield with a sort of tagging role from week to week. Yep. Um, uh, I'm going to say she's too expensive now, but... Oh, I'm on the fence about this one, but I would say no because her role could also change at any point. Um, so, and I think even in one of those tagging games, she scored a 30. So I would be saying stay away. She's almost at a price where you can just get to someone who, to me, is way safer. Yeah, for me, she's sort of similar to Lister. Um, you know, obviously a little bit more expensive now. So I'd probably stay away as well. All right, next player is Claudia Gunjaka at 693K. Now, this is an interesting one because I'm looking through her numbers and she's had three great scores and one terrible score. So she's coming off a 72, an 80, and then in round two, she had a 22, and then in round one, she had a 71. So she's had three 70-plus scores and a 20. Now, I've watched the last two weeks and she looked great in both of those. She gets heaps of marks. So I think in those good scores, she's had six, seven, and eight marks. Um... And I want to say that that bad score in round two was because of the ground that they played on North Sydney Oval. It was just like there are no plus sixes to be had at that at that ground. And that's exactly her game. So I kind of like her at 693. I reckon stocks are up. Yeah, for me, I think stocks up too. She's she's extremely cheap in comparison to a lot of the other defenders again. So she's probably one that you could look at. I've got a couple more defenders here that I'm keen on your thoughts on. I want your thoughts on Lister still at 557. I know you traded. She's still in my team. What do you think? I think she could be a hold going forward. It's the the sort of bottom echelon of that top five-ish defender mix is not really that far away from what Lister scored this week. I think she could be around. I'm not I'm, – by no means suggesting that she's going to be close to that. But I think she could score close to those players for a week or two and just, I guess, be like a prolonged trade, I'll say. Maybe one week hold. You're not trading her in, that's for sure. I would still be trading out if you can. 
Yeah, I think for me it's a low priority trade. So I, she'll probably get pushed back to next week or the week after and hope she can keep chugging out her 60s. Uh, okay, we'll move on. I was going to ask you about Carney, but I think we'll talk about her later. Yeah, I think she's a great she's a great buy this week. Yeah, especially if Bresnahan's out for a few weeks. All right, we'll move on to the midfielders. First name is Kiara Bowers, 1.364 million. It's the big elephant in the room, isn't it? I think this is this is just the big talking point out of the week for everyone. I still can't get my thoughts together on this because you could you can just go either, like any way on this. Um, obviously, we're waiting on teams because if she's out, then obviously she's a trade. At this stage, you're looking to trade, aren't you? I'm saying it's an immediate must sell. Wow. You have to get off Carabao's this week. Wow. Have to get off. Her B, BE, shout out to Jaden Papowski, the man that's been, I guess, analyzing all the data and crunching these numbers to make the break evens for us in his spreadsheet, um, is 147. This week, she scored almost 70 points less than that. If she does it again, she's going to be down to close to a million. You do not want a player in your team that has the ability to drop 300K in one week. You got to get off her, and then when she starts turning her form around, jump back on. Because, like we we said this last week, it's sort of a bit of a premium trading game. Like that's one of the methods that you can use for cash gen. And if you hold Kiara Bowers now, and she keeps dropping bad scores, she's gonna just tank her price fully. She basically has already. She's dropped what four hundred k on the season. It's disgraceful. I think you just you just have to get off her. Jump onto another primo. Then when she turns it around, jump on jump back onto her. I'm so stumped by this because I don't know, maybe it's just because I had such a shit week last weekend that I almost want to do something unique and hold her. Like she's it's been so bad that it almost feels like she's gonna do something to balance it out. I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I feel like I need something massive to get me back into it and like, if you're looking at players with a massive ceiling, Bowers is one of those players that could turn your season around by holding if she drops like a 150 this week. But even if she does, her price isn't going to move. I know. That's I know. the thing. So, But, but it, like points-wise, I just want to chase points. Yeah, me too. There's but only, what, six rounds left? That's not much. Yeah, but you also have to look at, I guess, future cash gen as well. I mean, for me, going from her to someone like another mid with a, a cheap or sort of a low BE that's cheap is, is just a, a smart cash gen move. And then like you could trade Bowers. This is going to sound crazy to some people, but you could trade Bowers to Dowrick this week, ride Dowrick's hopeful big score against West Coast and jump back onto Bowers next week and potentially net yourself like 400K from doing that. That's insane. Just from like one sideways move there and back. It's the, the, Projected price drop for her is enormous this week. I just think I think in this specific scenario, you play the cash, play the cash game. All right, I I'm oh, I'm team hold just for myself. That's just where I'm at with it. Right, yeah, trade. For I'll, me. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. we'll move on to Bree Davy at one point one oh three mil. For me, it's a trade. Yep, sell, trade, yeah. get off. I just uh, yeah, I don't I don't think she's in the mix. I don't think she's even close to being in the mix for top five mids. All right, next player I've got is Britt Benici at one point one five nine mil. Could you buy her still? <sighs> she's putting up the scores. I don't know. What 
Answer me this. What do you expect her to average from here on out? About what she's doing now, which is 98.3. I think she okay. can... So at the 100 mark. Yeah, I think she could continue her form. Maybe go up to like 1.3 mil. She has another solid solid game. Um, I think she's off the top five. Like I think that much is obvious, but I think she can make money and she's capable of dropping scores in line with those players. So for me, it's a... I'd I'd say buy if you're looking for someone in that price and you don't have a that yeah. price range. There are a couple there are a couple to look at, and I guess we'll keep going through the names because some of them will inevitably be in that price range. All right, we'll move on to Amy McDonald. She's one point one three nine million. Why don't you give me your thoughts first? <laughs> uh yeah, for me she's a buy. I think she's the cheapest top five. Well, not even a smoky because she's just an absolute gun. I, but I think she's the cheapest player that could be sort of in line with those top five and maybe sneak in, in there. Um, so, yeah, for me, she's a buy if you're looking for a cheap mid as well. I think that her and Benici are the two best cheap options. Yeah, I don't mind it. I was keen on it last week and I really wish I did it. Um, I don't know. It's just that... I think it's the matchup that she has this week that kind of has me a little bit cold on her. She's got Melbourne this week and it's the first game of the round. So, I don't know. I, I'm saying yes. I'm saying bye. I'm saying she's goodbye. But it, it could it could be a nice way to start your round, to be honest. I yeah. don't know. You look, at, you look at some of the scores against Melbourne, like Blackburn scored 97 against him. Bates and Tilly, Rod, uh, Tilly Lucas Rod were good last week. I don't think Melbourne is like a an absolute juggernaut for, I guess, preventing fantasy no. mid scores. I think she could, but it's not like the stars have aligned for her to drop like a massive score at her lowest price. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, not at all. I mean, I but I, th- I think she's a good option. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, same. All right, next player we've got is Abby Dowrick at nine thirty two k. For me, she's a huge buy this week wow. coming up against West Coast. Yeah. You're taking a while to respond to that. I don't mate. know. My, Is my, your brain <laughs> My brain's not working apparently. Um I don't know. This this last round has just ruined my I everything. St- I still my believe. Bra- <laughs> I still believe in you, mate. Thank you. Um I think it's partly because of just that flaw that she has. That 51 that she scored in round 2 has me a little bit scared. Against, I know she has a ceiling. It's Brisbane though. Like th- at least is an excuse <laughs> for the poor score. She's been solid in the other three games and again plays West Coast this week. I believe Sydney next week too, which if she avoids the tag, she would, she should drop a good score on. All right. I'll say you can do it, but I don't want that blood on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Look, me me either, to be honest, but yeah, I think she's You're, probably Yeah, so for your own team you might consider it, but like recommending it for other people is something I'm a, I'm slightly hesitant to do. Look, I'm still happy to recommend it to people because I think if you if you're really cash strapped, there's no one else better. Yeah. In that in that price range, like, I, I will say this: I watched the last two Port Adelaide games and she looked great in all of them. She smashes the eye test. She really yep. does. Yep. Um, I think she could be solid. Okay, we'll move on to the forwards. Lucy Single is the first one at 907k. Is it too late to buy? I don't think so. She's she's borderline top five. I think she might even be averaging in the top five at the moment she's after that score. Currently the fifth highest averaging forward. Well, there you go. Um, the thing that makes it hard is there are a couple of good forward buys at the moment that you could maybe recommend over her. But I would say, yeah, she's 
just if you look at her standalone, yes, she's a buy. Yeah, I think the thing for me. So I'm. We'll talk about the other the, the other Ford buys as well, but I think she probably has the best scoring ability out of those cheaper buys. To be honest, she's averaging eighty. She's coming off a career high game, gets bulk CBAs, and she genuinely smashes the eye test every single week. I really wish we jumped on her earlier in the season. Me too. Sort of just trusted what we were seeing, but. Um, I think it's kind of because it came from nowhere. Like no one was talking about Lucy Single as a massive breakout option. No, they were. There was talk. There was talk in the preseason. If, but the thing is, she's never been able to like cement a a role in that midfield. But this year, she has. No, there wasn't that. It wasn't as much talk. It was a little bit. Yeah, it was. It was like very much underground. But yeah, certainly, certainly, I don't think many people expected her to average eighty. Like the, her ownership was so low. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, it's, a, it's still a buy. Cool. All right, next one is Karen Paxman at 890K. I like it. I don't think it's like jump on immediately considering she has the cats, but she's on the watch list for me either for this week or next week. Yeah, I think she's borderline top five. She's probably top six in my eyes. Top six. Yeah, she's a buy for me now. I don't think you'll find her too much cheaper. She has the role um, and she looked great. In that first half on the weekend, she she faded out of the game a little bit, but I like her. Just quietly, Lucy Singles' ownership is still only five percent. Wow, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Right, next player is Chelsea Randall at seven sixty one k. Nah, no, no, not uh, until you see the role change. Yeah, she's you, playing in defence again. I know you would want to see it, but she's not dropping terrible scores. All her scores have been. Fine. She got to that score late with a couple of nice plays at the end. I know, but to she, get to a sixty something, she's still just chugging along, dropping okay scores. If I'm you, saying, I'm saying, once you see her do something worthy of being in your team, that's when you jump on. Yeah, it's probably it, yeah, it's, but it's she's on the watch list for sure. Like the cheaper she gets, the more tempting it gets. But I'm waiting till I see something. I, I'm calling it a hold because if you're an owner, I don't, you wouldn't jump off. I, I don't think. She, her scoring's fine. Who else are you going to get? I mean, maybe if you really want to get your cash gen rolling, you could jump onto someone else. But I think she's fine. I think she's a hold. The thing is, because she's listed as a forward, you can actually get her to someone that can score well. Whereas if she was listed as a defender, I would be like, yeah, just hold. They're, but, all, they're all shit every second week. But what, you're going to pay 500K to get her to body too good? Or? If I could afford it, yes, I would. I don't think I would. I think I, I, think I would rather just hold her and, and try and... Look to move someone else to too good. Or all right, that's just that's just where I stand with it. I'm, yep. I'm calling it a hold. Yep. All right. And you're calling it a sell. Yep. Okay. Zali Goldsworthy's next one, eight sixty k. I think it's a clear buy. Yep. Clear, clear buy. I think she moved up the most out of anyone this week. The biggest price increase. That hurts. It <laughs> hurts a lot. Um, she had. I don't think the CBA numbers have come out yet, but based on the eyes, she was in there even more than she had been the previous couple of weeks. She was named in the midfield for the first time in her career, so it would make sense if she, that was the case. Yeah. She did spend time forward, but to me, she actually looks good, like even when she's in the forward line. Yeah, Versus she, someone like Aaron Phillips, who's predominantly in the midfield, crap. but looks bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, Goldsworthy did smash the artist. She loves a tackle. She runs hard for a plus six. She hits the scoreboard. Um, I like it. I like her. She's got a baby face, Yeah, if you get me. <laughs> Bit... Like Schoenberg. Yeah. Just like Schoenberg. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we agree. All right. All right. Next player is Aaron Phillips at 777. This is a 
sell, just a sell, 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 sell. Even against West Coast? It's a sell, mate. You can't hold her. She's bad at footy. Yeah, I also agree that she's a sell. She'll she'll maybe get a couple more disposals, but the thing is... She won't tackle. Yeah, <laughs> the disposals aren't what she's missing. That's the one thing that she is doing. So even against the good team, she's getting a handful of disposals, but she doesn't look like she wants to tackle anyone ever for the rest of her life, for the rest of her career. So I'm saying jump off. She's plummeting in price. I wish I did it a week ago. She dropped almost 100K and she could drop Probably close to that again this week, even against West Coast. Yeah, yeah. She's is she under a starting price now? She's very close. She'll be under a, a starting price probably next week. Yeah, she is. You've got to you've being an inside CBA mid in AFLW. You have to tackle. That's where all the scoring comes from. It's ridiculous that she can't or refuses to. I just I can't make sense of it. All right, that's the end of our fantasy stocks. We'll move on to Knights of the Round Table. Okay, Knights of the Round Table. As you like to say, cousin, if you're new to this segment, you have to picture us as King Arthur's men sitting around the round table discussing all the relevant talking points from the week of fantasy. The first thing I wanted to talk about was the cash gen issues and rookie struggles. Just a quick chat. Um, and I guess, cause what are you looking at as your methods of cash gen from now to the rest of the season? Cause it's the rookies are really drying up and there's not a lot coming through now. It's tricky. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there are many debutants that are, making any money um just i i jumped on poppy bolts as a rookie option two weeks ago and she's gone down in price back to 303k so that's kind of where a lot of the rookies are heading at the moment that's why there's such an issue such a crisis yeah i mean there are a couple of rookies that look like they might get going huntington looked way better on the weekend yeah she only scored 40 flat but she looks like she'll improve, and I know I think she scored a no. She, she's averaged fifty seven or fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. So in a previous season. So again, if if you like, if you want me to name some rookies to to target, then there's one for you. Yeah, she's also just freshly come back from an ACL injury too. So the the bad score in her first game back is easily explained. I think for me, she's probably the best rookie. Yep. But other moment. than that, I think you have to get creative with your. With, you know, trading mid-prices, even trading premiums. We talked about it last week. You talked about trading Jazz Garner, which didn't quite work out for you. But say Kiara Bowers, you can you can creatively look to make some money with that trade Jazz, to someone on the right. To ja- someone on the rise. Tra- trading Jazz Garner actually did <clears throat> work out for me this week. She still had a massive score, but I made points on my trades jumping on Malloy and uh, Priest because I was able to use that cash to upgrade two other positions. So, you know, it would have been nice if Garner scored less, but it wasn't It wasn't a swing and a miss, I don't think. Um, it will be if Garner goes massive this week. But, yeah, I think that's the sort of stuff that you have to look at. Like yep. I said, if, if that was Bowers, if anyone traded out Bowers last week, that'd be laughing this week. Yeah. Um, I just wrote down a few players who I think you could target. Goldsworthy, Gunjaka, and Dowrick. We've already discussed them, but just cheap players that look like they could go on cash gen 
streaks, yep. I guess, in the players next few Players on weeks. the rise. I think the other thing is we're getting to that point where a couple of premiums are starting to bottom out. I mean, we had we had Thomas last week. She dropped very quickly just because of that round one score. But like people like Paxman, you could actually go a week early if you really do predict them to be you know top top of their line players for the rest of the season. And that is a way to get the cash in going because as we like to say with AFLW Fantasy, you have to be aggressive with your predictions. And if you're a week late, it can be the difference between you know 150K extra that you pay for Paxman. Like say she drops a 90 this week. Then you're going, oh, shit, she's back to a million. And, and she, you, you're paying full price for it. As opposed to going a week early and going, okay, she's at her cheapest. I'm going to jump off someone who's made the money maybe Ella Roberts, who is maybe borderline top five, but you, it's it's an upgrade that doesn't cost you much money there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, you have to get creative with how you're going to keep the cash in rolling, how you're going to improve the team without it costing you too much money. 100% agree. It's a harsh game, AFLW fans. It really is, yeah. So you have to, again, look ahead a week and go, who's who's going to be on the rise? Even, you know... Even if they've been declining, that's a good indication that they might come back up. Just even from one good score, that's all it takes. So look at the matchups and get creative. Cool. So I guess that that is a good reminder just to be aggressive with your predictions. Now, another thing that I wanted to discuss in our Knights of the Round Table were just some tag flags because this is all part of our, you know, predicting what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis. So any players that you think might get tagged this week? Yeah, there's two main ones. I do think Garner gets tagged by Annalise Lister this week. Uh, make make of that what you will. It's not like a super hard tag. Lister has impacted scoring. Like she impacted Conti. She impacted um, um oh Hatchard over the weekend. She actually was doing a she solid job. She impacted Malloy in round one. There but, you go. But that was a much harder tag because she was she was in the CBAs. She had 80% CBAs. So she was with Malloy the whole game. You know what I mean? Yeah. She actually was doing a terrific job on Hatchard as well until Hatchard went forward, did some damage in the last quarter. So I think she does have talent as a tagger and I think she'll limit Ghana to an extent. So possibly just look for Ghana to score, you know, a bit less, maybe like 110, even a 120 again this week. But if she does that, Ghana's price is going to start tanking because she's priced so highly. So that's the first one. Anything to add? I'm I'm not worried about Ghana with with a list <laughs> tag, um, especially if she's not at her at the CBAs. But um, yeah, sorry, you want me to talk about other players that might get tagged? No, no, just uh, on that one. Yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, um, the other one that I wanted to say was I think Lucy single tags and Hatchard. Um, Singles just an endurance beast and is having a terrific year. She'll probably run with Hatchard all around the ground and do a job on her. She could tag Noffy. Noffy was terrific, as we all know, on the weekend. But I think it's Hatchard's probably a more damaging player uh, around the ground. And I think tagging her probably does more for Gold Coast winning the game. So, yeah, I think single will go to her. It's interesting. So, all season we would have we would have said that um, – not Lister, single – is like the perfect matchup for Hatchard. She's an endurance athlete. She's strong. She loves a tackle. Um, I think she's a great matchup for Hatchard. But Noffy just had one of the greatest games we've seen in a long time in the, in AFLW. And they've, they've been talking about how much she's impacting games this year. Um, they talked about it on the Credit to the Girls podcast um, this week that Noffy's taken her game to a new level and is more damaging than she's ever been before. Um, and to allow someone to rack up 40 touches and have an impact on the game like she did on the weekend is something that I think maybe Gold Coast might 
slightly rethink who they tag now because of it. Um, so I would, I would just put a slight flag that maybe it could change off the back of that performance. Yeah. I, 40 touches is massive with eight marks. That is just someone getting off the chain. Yeah, it definitely makes sense what you're saying, but I, I still think for me that single will probably go to Hatchard. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if she goes to Noffy. Yep. So that's just a little a little flag. Um, another one that I thought might be a possibility is Nanscorn might be on Bree Davy at stoppages, just, you know, trying to apply a body on her, um, limit her influence at the contest. And Davy hasn't been great anyway. So I think there's just an extra reason to jump off this week. She's made her money. She's on the way down now. So it's, it's a good time. And I guess that's pretty much it for uh, the tags that I can think of. Um, the next thing we wanted to do was revisit our best 16 from last week because obviously a couple of players, we have an extra week of data. Um, so why don't we start with the defense? Do you want to kick us off? I'll kick us off. So number one, I've got Emma Carney. Two, I've got Tani Evans. Then Hannah Priest. Angelique Stannett has made her way into my top five at the expense of Bresnahan, um, obviously injured. And then fifth, rounding out the top five, who's She's also made her way in. It's Charlotte Thomas. For me, two honorable mentions, I'll call them, is Emma O'Driscoll and Daisy Darcy. She was in my top five last week, Daisy Darcy, but a um, bit of a poor game. Just sees her slide slightly. Okay. My top five is Evans, Priest, Carney, Darcy, and Thomas with a special mention to Stannett. So same six players, just in a slightly different order. I've kept Darcy in there. I think the one bad performance isn't enough to take her out for me. Um, Stannett, you can't deny the scores that she keeps putting up. Um, but still, I don't know if, if, if anything, the role is just enough to put her at six for me. I don't know. For me, it's like you said, you can't deny the score she's putting up. She's the highest averaging defender. So I think she has to be in there. That's, that's just the way I see it. Um, and then yeah, Charlotte Thomas just is, is finding form nicely. And we all had, had real high aspirations for her at the start of the year. So. All right, let's move on to the midfield. Who have you got? Number one, Jazz Garner. Two, Noffy, Ebony Marinoff. Uh, then Georgie Presparkis, Charlie Rowbottom, and Hatchard. I've got fifth. Then Ash Riddell and Amy McDonald are my honorable mentions. All right, I've got Marinoff at number one. Just Pippin Garner at number two. Now, at number three, I've got Kiara Bowers. Nah. <laughs> and then Presparkis and Rowbottom to round out the five. Now, <laughs> it's controversial having Bowers still that high up there, but with six rounds to go, you can't tell me that she's going to be affected for the rest of the season. Do she, you really think that? She just played 68% tog and is still carrying a knee injury for 78. She's clearly still affected now. I just think she's not someone that you want in your team. If you're shopping for a player this week, stay very far away from her until you see something. You have to see something from her now because... I mean, her season has been massively affected by this knee injury. Massively affected. Um, yeah, I, I had to take her out of mine. I just, I, I don't see her up next to those names at the moment. I still think come season end. Yeah, but from here until then. From here until then, you reckon she, this week she's going to have some massive games? Still, I, I just feel it in my bones. You reckon she's going to play like a top five this week? Maybe not this week, but it's it's. <laughs> I don't see it. It's about who you think the top five are for the rest of the year, is it not? Yeah, for the rest of the year. Maybe at the end of the year, she'll come back into it. But from this point to the end, I don't think she's... This is really interesting. I just... From right now onwards, nah. 
Okay. But yeah, at, at the end, I could see her getting back. It's just, it's just the injury. Like the, on, on terms of talent and just fantasy prowess, of course she's in there. But in terms of right now, health and scoring, no. Nah. It's funny. She's been just the great divider of all the teams so far. And it, it seems like it's going to continue to be that. Even enough just is based enough. on our, our two opinions on this. Enough I, is enough. I'm firmly on team hold. I, I still think she's going to get better. Nah, get out of my team. <laughs> all right. Well, agree to disagree. Let's move on to the rocks. I think we're both going to agree on this one. Ali Morford. Yeah, that's it. Done. No one else. Forwards. <laughs> Right, Who have I've, you got? I've got Laura Gardner, Bonnie Toogood, Nina Morrison, Kate Hoare, Chloe Malloy, and then my shout-outs to Karen Paxman and Lucy Single. I've got the exact same order. Gardner, Morrison, Toogood, Hoare, Malloy, Paxman. I think we've seen Hoare come back to the pack a little bit. That one huge score um, inflated her average, inflated her price. But other than that, we've seen her score 280s and a 70. And that's probably what she's what she's going to like be at an average, you know, most games and then she'll kick a bag every now and then. But even in that massive game, she had what, an 84 point quarter and then the rest of it was just, you know, what you'd expect from Kate Hall. Ridiculous, mate. Chloe Malloy is an interesting one. She's really volatile there for me as the last player on, in my five. Um, Lucy Singles averaging more than her currently and Paxman probably has better scoring chops. I guess historically better scoring chops, but I really was expecting a big one from Malloy this week and she didn't live up to that, but has a soft draw coming up. So that's why she held her spot in my five. Great. Okay. So that rounds out our best 16 for this week. Okay. We've got some listener questions just to finish off our nights of the roundtable chat. First one is from Bridget at on Zesemest. <laughs> I don't know how to it's say funny, that. It's funny that you read out the, uh, the, uh, Twitter handles. Yeah, well, you want a shout out, you get one properly, cousin. All right, good point, good point. The question Carry is, on. I, went, I went from 6 to 35. I need a huge improvement. Who are my trade-ins and should I get rid of Bowers? <laughs> That's such a... It's a massive question. It is First a of all, question. condolences. I actually replied to that one just saying, if it makes you feel better, I went from 4 to 156. So, at the very least, you can, you know, you can laugh at me, guys. Um, what should you do? It, it's hard because I don't know what your team is. All right, we're going to have to pull up your team and then we'll, we'll talk about it properly so we can analyze this. All right, we've had a look at your team, Bridget. Uh, we've, we've got the team here. Um, for me, I'm trading out Tiana Smith on the bench now. She's made, what, 550K. That's a massive cash grab. Go down to a rookie and put that money on Everest and Bree Davey to get to two primos. There's heaps of... Cheap deaf primos. Um, Charlotte Thomas is the one that still probably stands out. She's, what, 300K more than Everest. And then you've still got some cash to put on top of Davey. Maybe get her to Georgia Presparkus. What do you think of those trades, cousin? I like them. Um, I would say you could trade Cordner before Everest, maybe. I'm Everest is hard because I'm sort of scared. Like, she could drop something absolutely disgusting. But then again, Cordner just did last week, and she's dropping in price. So... At least with Cordon, it's not going to cost you much to get to a primo this week. And Everest's price is going the right direction. She went up 75K this week, even with the 41. So I would say trade Cordner, hold the money, and trade Everest next week. Yeah, you could look at moving Everest to the bench, maybe trading out Mia Bush, whose cash gen is sort of slowing down as well. Um, but yeah, that making money from Smith, you can 
pretty much do whatever you want. In terms of Bowers being a trade, me and Jados are divided. I think she's a trade. Jados thinks that she's a hold. I guess with other other issues in the team, you could you could definitely hold Bowers for a week. For me personally, I was just saying she's a trade because she's, you know, high on the priority list in my team. But yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. What's the next question? Next question is from John at Since You've Been Gone. Do we need to move on from Bowers <laughs> even if she is available this week? That's probably a good one. If she does play, if they come out and say she's all fine, are you still trading for me? And yes, I am because I hate You're still person. trading anyway, Yeah, even if they say she's fine. Yeah, because I don't think she's fine. That's the that's the key. You think it would be a little white lie. Everyone, Bowers is just such a hot topic this week. The After hottest. the bad score, every like every single person has questions on Bowers. It's just just Bowers, very Bowers central week. Okay, next question from Cla- Corey Blackledge at Corzab two one three. Who are the best mids one point two or lower as trying to go from twenty two to top ten at the moment overall? That is a terrific question and a unique one. I love it. I need to get the prices up. Hold on. Uh, okay, for me. I'm keen on Amy McDonald. Britt yep. Benici, if you don't have her, they're the two. We already sort of discussed them. McDonald, I think, has the ability to be a top five, very close to top five mid. She's 1.14 at the moment. Um, Britt Benici, still rising in price too. She's 1.159. Um, she's just smashing the eye test again week on week, but they're the two for me. If you really want to save even more cash, I still think Derek is the other one I would, I would Potentially look out with the West Coast matchup and then Sydney next week. Um, there's not really anyone else in that bracket that scream out. I brought in Elise Parker last week. She has North this week. That's a tough matchup. She should be good after that though because their draw opens up. And then actually the other one I, w- I would consider now is Emma Swanson. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Um don't get Derek if you want to sleep at night, just quickly addressing what Cabe said. Yeah, that's a stress <laughs> that's a stressful pick. It is. It and could if, be a home run. If you're like ranked twenty something, uh well, I'd go somewhere safer. But sometimes you have to be unique and go against the grain to, to move up. I reckon Swanson's against the grain enough. I reckon she'd be very lowly owned in the top one hundred now. I reckon yeah. most of most of the top one hundred would have moved off her. Um I kinda like it. They've got Port Adelaide. And then they've got GWS in the next two. Could get the Lister tag. I know that you think Lister's an absolute crab and her tag affects no one, but it does have an effect on Primo's cousin. Um, yeah, I'm the, the more the week goes by, the more sort of keen I'm getting on Swanson. I just think we saw her average 96 until her injury last year. Um, and, you know, if she, if she can get close to that, or I guess that adjusted now, which is what, 108 with the extra 12% game time. That's massive primo stuff. Um, it could have just been a, a mix of form in the tags. It's so the it's so hard to work out what to make of Swanson so far because we had a chat about off air and she hasn't been like bad per se. She's only had one bad score, which was against when she had the um, single tag in round two. Other S- than Single that, who is the best tagger in the league. And the best tagger in the league, exactly. Um, but... The thing is, she's still been below what we would have expected um, based on her numbers last year and the extra game time. And I think it's maybe because West Coast are just so horribly bad and uh, worse than we all expected them to be this year. So, I don't know. Uh, Maybe... I don't know. uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I, I would say Amy McDonald is 
probably has a bit more upside. I don't know if Swanson's going to have a huge ceiling with just how bad West Coast are. They're not a high possession team. They just get dominated. How do, how do you feel about Elise Parker? I, I know she's got the hard matchup this week, but I brought her in last week because she averaged 92 last year. She's still super young. She's the best midfielder at the Giants. She actually had a terrific game, just didn't quite get the marks in the tackles. But she had 31 disposals, two scoring shots. I think she's an absolute gun. She could be that player for me. The other one is Mon Conti, who we've been sort of divided on, but I'm I'm sort of tending to agree with you now. I don't think she has much of a ceiling. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's McDonald. I like McDonald the most out of out of the, all those names. How do you feel about Parker, though? Yeah, she's she's all right. She's great. She how, exists. How about she's good. A, she's a fantastic player. How about you give me a one, two, three? Great idea. All right. One, McDonald. Yep. Two, Swanson. Three, Benici. I'm going to say one, Benici, just based on the cash gen that she still has left. Two, McDonald. Three, Parker. Cool. Great. What's the next question? Excellent. Last question we've got here is from Bolchi at Bolchi97. Who are the biggest priorities to trade out out of Pound, Cordner, Phillips, and Bowers? Pound, Cordner, Phillips, Bowers. Rank them. Cordner one. Yep. Agree. Agree, Cordner one. Pound has had two bad ones in a row, but defenders, I mean, Cordner, because she scored a 20. 24. Yeah. That's just terrible. But yeah. it's much the rest of, a of the defenders, like pound to another defender, the most you could get on that upgrade is like a 20-point increase. Yeah. Whereas the midfielders is where you see the biggest swings. Um, I like Phillips as a trader. Even against even against West Coast, I, I would love to trade her out this week. You're, you're definitely trading her, right? She's in your plans. She's in my plan. I'm trying to trade her, but my, my trades are still very much up in the air at the yeah. moment. I would be trading her if I didn't have Bresnahan. I traded Cordner last week as yeah, well. Yeah, so you don't have Cordner and I have a Bresnahan issue, but I would be trading Phillips, yes. And I'm holding Bowers. So rank rank the four. Cordner one, Phillips two, pound, then Bowers. For That's me, my order. For me, it's Cordner one, Bowers two, Phillips, and then pound okay all right interesting we our sentiment on pound is the same that there's you're not really standing to gain very much from trading her up because the defenders are just all so close in scoring um yeah it, it just depends on how how you see bowers but for me i think she's going to be easy to jump back on if she pops again so that's why i have her ranked highly but where yeah, you could you can be more aggressive with it i get that yeah we're but we're in a grants that corners number one yeah right? Cool. All right, that's all the listener questions, and uh, it's time to move on to the goofy parts of the pod, the Cousins Crystal Ball. Okay, the Cousins Crystal Ball. Now, last week, Jados, you said Bowers would be the top scorer by seven plus. She was... 104 points away from being the top scorer for the round. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you argued with me that it wasn't bold enough as well. Sorry, 96 points away. I, I did the math the wrong way. I said she would be the top by, I think it was seven, seven, plus. seven plus. So yeah. from that, she was 103. That's a long way away, man. <laughs> that might be the biggest miss of all the bold predictions this year, including the men's podcast. That's Okay. That's okay. All right. All right. You also said that Charlie Rowbottom would score 130 plus. 107 she scored. 
a bit of a miss, but she was she was good. I'll give you that. That's okay. I'm I'm fine. I'm zen. I'm okay with everything. Okay, now I said Jazz Garner would score under 100. She scored 121. She was on 107 with about 90 seconds left and then just went freak mode at the end. Bit flat because it was a hopeful prediction with the trade-out. I also said Matilda Schultz would score 88-plus. That would be a career high, and she scored 62. So we just were very far off on all our predictions this week. <laughs> As per usual. <laughs> now, speaking of hopeful predictions... You want to hear mine for this week? I would love to. <laughs> Noffy to go under 112 for the first time this season. Now, that might be a good place to preface for all our new listeners that this segment, Crystal Ball, is more of, as you said, the goofy part of our podcast where we just make, you know, some bold and silly predictions. But I, I, I sort of want to, you know, flag that it's, it's it shouldn't be considered gospel or, you know, part of our genuine advice no. <laughs> which we which we tend to give more in the middle of our podcast it is absolute facts and everything you say will be held against you cousin yeah so noffy's going under 112 basically uh, and you should all trade her out that's not bold enough because if she gets a single tag she will go under 112 i think it's what? under 100 so in my under 100 that's got to be bold all right, I'll give you under 100. Because in my mind, if she gets a single tag, she's going under. And she's roughly a 50% chance to get the single tag. But I'll give you I'll give you 100 because that is a low score. She could, even if she gets a single tag, she might tackle her way to 100. So I reckon that's a good line. She could, yeah. All right, 100. Deal, deal. All right, my crystal ball prediction this week is Abby Dowrick is going to go 110 plus against <laughs> West Coast. Another hopeful prediction. I don't even know if I'm getting her, but I really do think she's just going to run rampant on West Coast. West Coast have been in absolute shambles this year. She's Port's best midfielder, clearly, and mids have been racking up on West Coast. So 110 is a big line, but I reckon she's going to do it this week. Hmm. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think it's bold enough. Done. Deal. Deals That's all around. Easy. This is the easiest week of negotiations ever for us on these on these predictions. Um, maybe it's because... We keep losing our predictions. We need to be softer on each other. To be fair, this was only the 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 review of the first time we've done predictions for the no, but AFLW. including the men's podcast. Hey, as well. we had some hits. We had some hits. A couple, <laughs> some got, big hits. I got two right we all co- year. We both called one forties in the same week. That was yeah, good. that was pretty cool. That was a beautiful family moment. It was. We, <laughs> the sight came to us together. All right, let's wrap up Crystal Ball and move on to Fantasy Proverbs. Now, Fantasy Proverbs, this is where we scour the backs of our minds, the depths of our minds, the internet. We think back to all the the movies we've watched and the songs we've listened to, and we try and find some inspiration or just some, I guess, relevant words to give to the fantasy community to boost the spirits and take us into the week ahead. But we're doing something a bit different this week. We've each found our quotes, our proverbs, as we call them, and we're going to send them to each other and Jados is going to read mine and try and explain what it means. (laughs) I'm going to read his proverb and try and explain what it means, hopefully to bring some, I don't know. Clarity. (laughs) Yeah, well, ho- hopefully we can bring some clarity, but also some extra zest to the pod. 
So I'll send you mine, just, cousin. Just quickly, you know how last last week you said our proverbs just got sillier and sillier as the year went on and our teams got worse? Well, I think this is just a sign that after one week of doing the AFLW fantasy podcast, my team has already just, you know, hit the <laughs> shit's already hit the fan. So I'm going to have to explain some weird shit. Yep. All right, we'll find out. You, you go, you're going first, though. I'm sending you my proverb now. All right. <laughs> I need a second to think about no, this. No, go. All right. The quote is from Pablo Picasso, and it is, everything you can imagine is real. And what that means is let your imagination go crazy. Whatever it is that you can think of happening in fantasy this week is going to happen. If you think Aaron Phillips is going to bounce back for a 120, that's going to happen. Bowers, 200. We're going to see the first player score 200 ever in AFLW fantasy. It's going to be insane. Whatever it is, listen to your imagination. If you have a fantasy dream this week, that's what's going to happen. It's real. Everything you can imagine is real. And I'm telling you this is true because Pablo Picasso said so. All right. That's that's on, <laughs> on a similar to wavelength to where I was I was going with it. I wrote down, trust your ideas because they can happen. Trust your own judgment over anyone else's. Use your own mind and you will reap the rewards. That's the way I saw it. That's beautiful. All right. Great. You ready for mine? I'm ready for yours, cousin. Here we go. Wait, I need to get your, your message up. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Hold on. Are you typing it out? <laughs> You're supposed to go. Type it. All right. A roof is a man-made thing. And it's from Jados. <laughs> Jados has invented his own proverb, a roof is a man-made thing. And what that means is all man-made things are breakable, easily breakable, smash through the roof and go above it, rise above the roof and reach for the stars to achieve your fantasy dreams. Yes, that's actually exactly what I meant. Bang. Now, a roof, when you're shooting for the stars, what's the only thing that's holding you, holding you back? The roof. It's the roof above your head. That's it. Once you shatter the roof, you're gone. You're shooting for the stars to the moon. But the thing is, the thing about roofs, I realize, is that we make them ourselves. We create them. We put them above our heads. We do silly things. And for me, the roof last week was thinking that Phillips to Goldsworthy was a risky trade. I constructed this roof that held me back. But we've got to shatter through those roofs. Both our proverbs this week... Tie together beautifully. Anything you can imagine this week, you got to just commit to it. It's going to happen. Your imagination is real. Back yourself in and act as if there is no roof. That's oh, it. This is beautiful. The first week of doing each other's um, proverbs is just beautiful stuff. We've come together. It's happened perfectly. <laughs> Another beautiful family moment for us. <laughs> All right. I think that might be a good place to wrap up the podcast for this week. Um, follow us. And subscribe to our Spotify and Apple podcast feeds so that you don't miss an episode ever. We'd greatly appreciate it. Leave a review. Leave a five-star rating if you love it. If you hate it, leave us a zero-star rating. No, we want, we want complete honesty. That's what we stand for at The Cousins. Don't tank the ratings, though, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. You can find us on Twitter at... Huh? I said you can find oh. us on Twitter at... I jumped in the and you were The Cousins Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at... 
Cousins underscore AFL underscore fantasy. Bang, there it is. You remembered it. See, I was not ready for that. You know how it feels now. I th- no, because I thought you were just jumping in saying it yourself. No. Nah. This was, is just a train wreck. I was putting you on the spot. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> if you have been tuning in, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week. We will see you on X slash Twitter. At the Cousins Pod. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. See you next week. Kiss your cousin Kiss your cousin Kiss him on the lips Kiss your cousin